0: Don't that The market is closed. Good uh, Thursday afternoon, everyone. Kip Herridge here with the WRA Investing Podcast. Hope everybody had a good day today. Uh, not a great, great day in the markets today, although the, the Dow Jones did finish. If I can read my screen here. Uh, it's flat. It finished almost exactly flat on the day. That's good to see. Not the case, however, in NASDAQville. NASDAQ finished pretty much the lows today, down 270 points, down a, a fairly big 1.7%. Same thing, Russ 2000, down 2.2% 2. today s and down seven tenths to one percent. Most of the damage was done in small caps and tech. Of course, that's a, a fairly interrelated group in the way they at least they uh, they can perform from time to time. A lot of, of course small cap tech tech companies in the Rust 2000 as well. Uh, but um, our view has been from the panic lows of last week, we're repeated here. Tyler covered it in detail yesterday. That the lows are in place. Dips must be bought into year end. We've got a little nervousness tomorrow. We get the CPI data. Uh, consumer Price Index, uh, fears of a few years of a real hot number. Of course, the Fed meeting is next week, um, and uh, they've already signaled extensively that they fully plan to accelerate their tapering of their $120 billion a month in QE. Um, I have a completely different view, as you probably know. Uh, I think that uh, any – I think their tapering uh, is going to uh, go on for just a few months until they realize, OK, it's, it's the midterms. In 2022. Uh, If there's one thing above all that we've learned from the onset of quantitative easing 2009 here in the U.S., if there's one thing we've learned is that the markets do not like when the Fed takes away the punch bowl. Now, they're not doing away completely with, with QE, are they? Of course, it's, it's been $120 billion since really the start of coronavirus insanity. Uh, now they're reducing it $15 billion a month. They're talking about increasing the tapering. Still, they'll still be buying bonds every month. So you can't say that it's a tightening process, but there are a lot of people that are saying that. And by the way, uh, we just had a pretty nasty correction. 38% of, uh, of, of NASDAQ stocks fell more than 50%. Uh, until the panic lows were in place on Friday. And I don't think it's coincidence that that happened in the very first month that they started reducing the taper. So that's the point. The bigger point I'm making here is that this bluster uh, from the Fed, they can talk all they want to, but all they've been is wrong. And that's not me. Kip Herridge, not a fan of the Federal Reserve, have not been a fan for a very long time of the central bank cartels. But, That's CNBC. CNBC put a piece out uh, 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 late last night. There was a direct shot across the bow at Jay Powell and everybody on his side of the Fed because they've only been wrong four times. They've been wrong on the wrong side majorly four times since Powell has been in office where he's had to backtrack, change his mind, and he's just done it again. By saying that they're going to speed up the tapering process, everybody remembers what happened in in, in December of 2018, in the fourth quarter of 2018, when the Christmas uh, collapse from hell. Remember that the Fed was tapering in December. Excuse me, the Fed was raising rates for the eighth time in 2018, and they're doing it in, in December, in December, mid-December, when no one was around to buy. Everybody was out, you know, a, a, a skiing or on early Christmas vacation, and the Fed raised rates. December, the market crashed like it had never crashed before, worse than anything that happened during the Great Depression. And that's Jay Powell. And so now here we go again. CBC with a shot across the bow last night saying that all eyes are on Jay Powell. If he gets this wrong, well, guess what's going to happen? Jay Powell will not be Fed chair much longer. That'll be Lyle Brander. She's the vice chair. They've got her uh, positioned. Uh, the threats are already there. We know this from the selection process where he just got the job. So you know, it'll be very interesting to see what happens here. Again, I think it's a lot of bluster. I think the CPI data tomorrow is going to come in light. I think the bond market is already telling us that. The 10-year back down to 1.48% now. So uh, regardless of whether I'm right, uh, I've only been, I don't know, 100% more right than the Fed's been over the last 20 years. Uh, because as we know, history tells us and proves it time and again, the Federal Reserve is responsible for every boom and bust cycle and every crash we've had in this country since their orig- origination in 1913. As at the same time, the U.S. dollar has lost 97% of its purchasing power. And people wonder why both spouses and family have to work, right? People wonder why our, 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 our standard of living has, uh, has only gone lower. It's the Federal Reserve, folks. It's money printing because what is that really? It's just devaluation process. It just devalues our currency. Uh, we may think we're making more money because we've got both spouses working in a family, uh, but it just feels that way, right? The, the three decades ago, one income would provide what it takes two incomes to provide for today. That's the reality of the Federal Reserve and the fact that we don't have a single politician. Well, you know, you got you got Rand Paul, of course, his dad was all over this issue, but outside of that, you have almost no politicians. That will say this. Why is that? Because they're all. We know why. We know why. If you target the Fed and you're an elected official, guess what? You just served your last term in office. That's just the way it is. But that's the reality. You know, uh, tilting at windmills is not a very profitable profession. Uh, but we like to call it like we see it here, and that is the reality of it. Uh, I just don't believe that as we head into the midterms, that we're going to see a lot of rate increases. Uh, because that will not be good news for the market. That much I can assure you. Uh, not in this market. Not in a market that is completely addicted to quantitative easing. That is the game. Financial engineering tied to our uh, financial masters of the universe. That is the game now, and that will continue to be the game, just as it's been in the game in Japan now for three decades. When they first first started doing QE uh, in uh, well, actually two two decades in two thousand one. Um, so we'll see what that, that is tomorrow, of course, see what the Federal, uh, Federal Reserve uh, does next week. Uh, I believe it'll be one of these cases of a sell the rumor, buy the news. In other words, any sell-off we have in advance of that is going to be a buying opportunity. Uh, it's just too much liquidity in this market. We're in just the second year of a of a new bull market, just the second year of a, a new ec- period of economic expansion. And these last more than five years. We have great corporate earnings, mass, again, massive liquidity. More than $35 trillion globally in a combination of monetary and fiscal stimulus. So and money is going to keep pouring in, folks. It just is. It's structured in a way that it's not – it wasn't structured to hit all at once. It's structured to, to, to be invested invested over several years. And again, this is liquidity for the markets. Uh, it may not be great news for the economy long term because all government money does is, fu- is, is really force out uh, a private enterprise and free enterprise. Uh, government growth uh, – this is why Obama never had more than a 2% GDP, the only president not to do so over either a four- or eight-year period, and that's Barack Obama. We're in the third term of of, of Obama's presidency today. We just got a lot, lot more liquidity to kind of cover up for the mistakes that are making uh, with our permanent ruling class, a.k.a. AKA the uh, Joe Biden presidency. Uh, but again, not, not a great day today. We'll see what the CPI d- data says tomorrow. We remain very bullish. We are buyers of dips here. We've been, as you know, been joining us here. Uh, we, uh, we, we, we called the pay to close last week. We've been, uh, we've been uh, putting money back to work after taking profits last month, put, putting back money back to work fairly aggressively. And we will continue to do that, kind of picking our spots, adding to positions, putting on new positions because we believe this move higher into year-end is going to be pretty significant. I will remind you, that uh, I, I I give uh, I give Wall Street Research a uh, a hard time because they're so pathetic, uh, the Jim Cramers of the world at all, but Evercore is not in that group. Evercore, led by the great Ed Hyman, best economist, maybe the best economist this country's ever had, as far as actually getting things right, reporting it as they see it. Calling it as they see it and being right about it, Ed Hyman, extremely bullish on the economy and the market. Also, his top uh, technician, Rich Ross at Evercore, who also has been right his reign, uh, just like us, but extremely bullish from the lows of coronavirus insanity. Rich Ross has a target on the SP 500 of 5,000 by year end, 5,100 in uh, in Q1, folks. That's about 7% higher from here, just between now and year end. We're looking at what less than three weeks. Uh, or right at three weeks, so um, uh, that's that's what we think is happening here. Uh, but today was a little bit nervous trading. Uh, you've got this uh, this anxiety around this presidency, you know. You've got anxiety around this presidency. You get anxiety around what's happening is, is this uh, this uh, aggressive language uh, toward Russia, and now you have this insanity taking place all over the world with coronavirus. You know, today uh, the talk of today is that now the UK. The U.K. may be going towards a vaccine passports. And this is after just, uh, you know, Boris Johnson just said not more than a month ago that they would not go down this route, that they believed in freedom and they were not going to force people to be vaccinated. Now the word is building that they're about to do exactly that. Folks, that kind of leaves the U.S., does it not? That kind of leaves the U.S. We know exactly what Biden, what Team Biden would like to do. Uh, they want as much control as possible and as much fear-mongering around it as possible. Why do you think uh, this new strain suddenly popped up all of a sudden? Uh, and uh, uh, that's the concern, folks. You just don't know what these idiots are going to do, and that's our biggest fear. I'm just, I just can't wait for the midterms to get here. That's my personal opinion. I'm going to uh, tell you real quick what I, what I wrote this morning uh, to our members because I highly recommend, you can see this on my Twitter feed, um, or you can pull this up on the Internet, uh, an article called The Turn. The Turn by uh, a gentleman is in, in Tablet Magazine by uh, the writer's name is Leo Leibovitz and I highly recommend you read this I believe this is going to be uh, in, in retrospect one of the most important pieces of our time because this this gentleman Leibovitz is a far his whole life right this is a uh, this is a guy that's had enormous success as a professor he's very well known far-left liberal Democrat his entire life. His whole family, as he writes, his whole whole family, they've always been Democrats because they thought they were the good guys. Well, he took it all back today in a blistering piece, again, uh, called The Turn, in Tablet Magazine, where he talks about the insanity that's taking place in in, in, in liberal politics. And instead of being pro-free speech, they're now uh, anti-free speech and pro censorship. Instead of being anti-racist they're now pro-racist this is what this gentleman's calling the left and he said they've they've completely flipped and now he's become a conservative Uh, he he doesn't like labels so i hate to put that uh those words in his mouth but now he's now flipped and left the liberal side left the dim party and he said they've just lost their mind how can i possibly uh, agree with these uh with uh, these communists that uh, are just uh, have have gone to radical extremes that he could never imagine happening, so my prediction—I've said this for some time—is that following the midterms next year, which will be a steamroll for common sense Republicans. I don't care if it's a Democrat. If you're a common sense person, and you, I'm a lifelong independent. If you're a common sense person, and you certainly can recognize what's happening today among us, is very little common sense involved. And the stuff coming out of D.C. or the U.K. or Germany or Australia or Canada, our neighbors to the north. Look at the difference between Mexico and Canada. Mexico's just getting on with their life. They don't even recognize anything about coronavirus, right? I think they're all taking uh, ivermectin or uh, hydroxychloroquine and they're just living their lives. They're doing great. Look at Canada, Australia. Again, lockdown, complete totalitarian controls. We know what this is. We've known, we've had the pandemic playbook for some time, folks, and uh, it's just time that that uh, that real leaders step forward uh, from all parties, right, all walks of life, and start calling this like it is. We have to push back. They are the big time minority, right? Totalitarians, these fascist totalitarians, they're always the minority, right? they they, they have power, and they're not afraid to use it, and that makes them appear to be powerful, but they're not. They're the big minority. They have absolutely no power when it comes right down to it. As long as we don't comply, we must push back. This is why I don't wear a mask. This is why I've never been vaccinated, would never be vaccinated, folks, because once you start complying, they just keep pushing. They just keep moving the line, moving the line. You can't comply because these are not reasonable people, right? These are fascist totalitarians that only want to control you and ruin your lives and get themselves wealthy and put themselves in more, even more of a position of power. And it's time that we as a people stood the fuck up and started telling people what we really think instead of hiding in our homes and being worried about oh uh, going along to get along or not offending somebody or I got to keep my job. I understand all these things. But folks, this is that moment in time where we must as a people – stand up and make a stand right because they're not going to stop pushing don't you see that now they just aren't going to stop if you just get a vaccine if you just wear a mask if you just 15 days of slow the spread right it's never going to stop how many what is it going to be eight vaccines a year now for the rest of your life uh my god i think we all realize this now and i do know The audience here, we're mostly red-pilled, right? I know this is a very smart money crowd. That's why you're on a podcast with us. But I got to put this out there uh, just because we're getting to that point, folks. We're getting to that point. Uh, It could be the point of no return. can't believe I'm saying those words because I've never given them uh, that much credit because I know what they really represent. And they're not a threat to me. They're not a threat to anybody. We allow them. To have this power over us, and that's what must stop. We must stand up and grow spines. Uh, remind everybody, by the way, as well. Uh, tonight I'll be on the Wayne Root show. Uh, you'll hear some, probably hear some of this rant tonight. Uh, we'll see what kind of questions Wayne has for me. But Wayne, of course, is a, just a, a just a rock star of a human being, great patriot. Uh, capitalist, evangelist, uh, son of a butcher, SOB, uh, homeschooled his four kids, just a just a rock star, of, of, again, of a human being, great guy, uh, one of my best friends in the world. I'll be on the war tonight on the Wayne Root Show on USA Radio at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, primarily talking about the markets, but you know what? Uh, our conversation goes wherever it may. We're just really good friends, and I always love—I uh, appreciate Wayne having me on USA Radio, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight. Also, as Tyler covered yesterday— we are approaching our 1,000th podcast. That comes on Tuesday, and we have a surprise. We have a surprise interview guest uh, that we'll be doing a Zoom interview with on Tuesday, and we'll post that for you uh, Tuesday afternoon, uh, and uh, we won't uh, reveal who that is quite yet. But it's a great guest, and uh, we're looking forward to number 1,000. doing this almost four years now. Don't know where the time went, but we only, I, I, got a, I got a tweet yesterday from someone, one of our members here. That said, I I was on your very first podcast. I'm certainly going to be on your 1,000th podcast. So thank you for that, I.L., and I'm sure you're listening today. You almost always do. And uh, thank you again, everybody. Thank you for listening and being here with us every day. Uh, You know, this is about much more. It's about much more than investing because uh, life is bigger than money. uh, The way we live our lives and the quality of our lives, you know, it can't start. It never does start and stop with money, right? Money is a tool right, uh, our lifestyle and our freedom, right, and our ability to be am- Americans, what our founding fathers fought for. This is what it's really all about. Can I even believe that these words are still coming out of my mouth today, folks? I thought coronavirus insanity would have been over a long time ago, and here we are having to deal with these totalitarian fascists, these true assholes on planet Earth that deserve to be locked up, criminalized, and that's, that's really the next chapter to this, to this book, isn't it? Right, we've got to have Nuremberg trial like trials for these uh, for these uh, uh, true losers uh, on planet Earth trying to uh, to force us into communism on planet Earth. That's just not going to happen here. Uh, thank God for the Second Amendment, folks. Thank God for the Second Amendment because if without it, where would we be? We would be Australia. We'd be Canada. We'd be Germany. We know it. You and I both know it. We should never give the Second Amendment. That's the one thing they're desperate to get. Kind of surprised they haven't gone for it hard so far but let's uh let's not give them any ideas um uh what else today uh i there was one more thing I wanted to cover today. Well, let's just tell you what happened underneath the hood today. Again, the, the, the uh, internals were not good today. Uh, but 4 to 1 negative, advanced decline, up-down volume. Actually, right, right at 3 to 1 negative. Not horrible, but uh, kind of the inverse of what we saw yesterday, frankly. Uh, but we've had such a, a good move higher off the panic lows. Again, we we're buyers on dips. I remind everybody, even though, like, for example, today, uh, NYSE volume was 75% negative. That's not a good reading. But folks, on on Monday and Tuesday, we had back-to-back 80% up-volume days on NYSE. And that negated last week's 90% down volume day, for you, for you technical followers of this, according to Lowry's, the technical book, uh, that, that, that the back-to-back 80% days negated last week's 90% down day and, and, and essentially gave us a new buy signal. We also had, a, a, as Tyler covered in detail yesterday, a bullish island reversal in the Dow Jones, a number of other indexes as well, Rust 2000. These are bullish. Again, they typically mark bottoms, and they mark significant bottoms. I just repeat what we said in our in our morning update this morning um, two groups we love here we love energy oil the the charts of oil take a look at the charts of oil and take a look at charts of oil and small caps Russell 2000 you can overlay these two charts and i'll tell you from from our point of view the vr investing system these are our favorite chart setups these are my favorite of my life these are my favorite chart setups where you have a complete collapse like a selling climax on volume and a complete waterfall collapse that takes a, a a stock that's in a bullish uptrend right above the 200 day it crashes it below the 200 day for a very short period of time then you have your selling climax island reversal and then move back higher above the 200 day just as the internals also were hitting Extreme oversold on steroids. That's what we call it when uh, momentum oscillators, here's the VRA, RSI, money flow, relative strength, money flow, stochastics. When they all hit extreme oversold, we call that extreme oversold on steroids. And that's a huge buy signal because the rubber band has been stretched too far. Again, small caps, oil, and energy, uh, we think, headed into year end are, are great groups to be in. Uh, and by the way, now that NASDAQ dropped 270 today, uh, we'll be looking at some names there as well. Uh, in our sector watch today, of our 11 S&P 500 sectors, we had nine finished lower, two finished higher. Led to the upside by healthcare up a quarter percent. Downside: consumer discretionary down 1.7 percent, real estate down 1.4 percent. In our commodity watch today, we had. Um, here it is. Uh, gold today down nine dollars an ounce at the 17.75. Silver down forty-seven cents an ounce at 21.96. Uh, copper. Down eight cents a pound at four thirty one. Oil today uh, down a dollar eighty. That's about two and a half percent today. Uh, uh, some OPEC news today that the markets didn't like too much. We're still getting very bullish in this group, buying the dip here. Oil at seventy dollars and fifty six cents. And finally, Bitcoin getting hit here a bit, down five point two percent right now. Trading it down twenty six sixty five at forty seven thousand. 926. Again, folks, if you can, join me tonight on the Wayne Root Show at 730 Standard Time on uh, usaradio.com. Otherwise, we'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.